Welcome to Simulator Review, helping you find quality flight simulation with the world's most comprehensive listings and reviews of simulators. A warm welcome to episode 11 of our podcast for the flight simulation community. My name is Lexis and I'm joined by my two colleagues from simulatorreview.com, Andrew. Hi there. And Elliot. Hello. To our regular listeners, a warm welcome back. And to anyone listening for the first time, we are pleased you've found us and we hope you stick around. If you're searching for the leading podcast on simulator venues, then you've found it. In this episode, we're going to have a chat about Boeing versus Airbus in terms of the simulators we see in our directory and why we see more of one than the other. We'll also be joined by one of our expert reviewers to take part in the discussion, so do listen out for that later in this podcast. First, though, it's our regular simulator news update covering news at simulatorreview.com and in the wider simulator community. And for this, we go over to Elliot. Hi, Elliot. What sim news have you got for us this episode? Hi, Alexis. So I thought we'd mention uh, one of the more poignant things that's happened recently, and that's the retirement of the 747 from British Airways service. So last week we saw the final two depart from London Heathrow, and I believe you were there for that. I was. Um, I certainly couldn't uh, not be there for that, having flown on the 747 and having been on both of those 747s that uh, left Heathrow. So, I mean, as you say, those are the last two BA 747s at Heathrow, and that's it. No more 747s for BA, sadly. And bearing in mind that BA were the biggest operator of 747-400s anywhere. So this is a very poignant moment, I think. So what was the morning like? Because uh, I was happily at home, tucked up in bed, having a coffee, watching it on uh, one of the YouTube aviation channels, Big Jets TV, that uh, we like. You were there, though, and it looked pretty wet. It was not ideal weather. So the original plan, I think, as most people have heard, was to have a simultaneous takeoff and then one of them circling back to do a fly past. It was relatively low cloud and a bit grotty in terms of the couple of showers that were passing through. So in the end, as you say, because of the weather, the, the plan changed. It was kind of a sequential takeoff from one runway. And we did get a fly by, by one of the 747s, so at least... Fortunately, I was in a good position to see the fly past, so uh, it was very fortunate, I think. And what were the crowds like? Was it a large crowd, and what was the reaction? There were certainly quite a few where I was. There's a few friends of mine who also came down, and um, where I was stood, which was down the south side of the airport, near the fuel farm that's down there, if anybody knows Heathrow. There was plenty of people with uh, large cameras like myself. There were just people who were there who were watching. I think certainly the most poignant moment when we had the fly past, which was over 27 left, you could see all the ground staff at uh, Heathrow and all the police vehicles and uh, fire engine hull kind of lined up next to the runway just off the exit points with all the lights flashing. I certainly think it was a very sad moment and I think it was recognised not just by people who like aircraft like myself, but um, you know people who work at the airport, people who miss the aircraft sadly uh, we won't see that again in the future and 
Yeah, I was aware of a lot of my colleagues down there got up early and were braving the elements to go and watch it live. So that was the first thing. It was uh, 747 departing the British Airways fleet. And uh, secondly, I thought I'd mention where we're off to this week. So you and I have got some travels in the next couple of days, and we're off to visit our friends at 737 Pro and Simulator Adventures. So just as a reminder, 737 Pro is a 737 at Blackpool Airport fixed-base simulator that we've been and visited. It's one of the blue pins on our website. And Simulator Adventures is a full-motion a320 simulator that we visited back in the early days uh, before we started the podcast even when we went there their motion system wasn't in use so we're quite looking forward to seeing that and we're also looking forward to the changes that 737 pro have made so we'll be sure to get back and update our reviews and update you on the podcast yeah the simulator adventures one in particular we rated that uh, very highly and thought uh, that was a really good quality simulator and that was as you say when they didn't even have the full motion system operational at the time so with that operational now uh, i think that's going to be a very impressive simulator so really looking forward to seeing that and uh, as you say looking forward to seeing the improvements that 737 pro have made with theirs as well right thanks for that elliot so certainly one very sad piece of news but uh, one good piece of news as well so um Looking forward to having uh, some time going back to simulators this week. This week's main topic is a discussion about Boeing and Airbus, and specifically in relation to our directory and how many Boeing and Airbus simulator venues we see. We're certainly seeing a few more Airbus simulators these days, but it's still the case that Boeing certainly dominate the directory for now. In today's podcast, we have three of our members to join the discussion. Andrew and Elliot, who you'll recognise, and also today we'll be welcoming Hannah onto the podcast. So firstly, I want to welcome Hannah to the podcast today, and great to have you here. Hi. Thanks for joining, Hannah. Hannah is one of our expert reviewers on SimulatorReview.com, and she is a commercial pilot flying short haul on the Airbus A320 these days. Hannah, I wonder if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background in aviation. What did I do? I basically came straight into flying from university and I've been on the line now for five years, all on the Airbus. Uh, so I don't really know that much about Boeing, but hopefully I can add some bits about Airbus. Um, but yeah. Great. So you're doing short haul at the moment, is that right? Yeah. Are you looking to stay at short haul or possibly move to long haul at some point? I think, well, hopefully in the future, I'll be able to get a spot on the uh, 787. So obviously get to fly Boeing at some point. So as and when a spot becomes available, hopefully I'll be on a tight rating soon. Oh, great. So you've been at um, your current airline, you said, for five years. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about flying commercially then? Ooh. Well, I like the view, to be honest, like when you're not in the clouds. That's normally quite nice. But... Just getting to go and explore down route as well. Obviously, getting to hang out sometimes with Elliot down route and go for some dinner. I try and make him pay as well. <laughs> so you get at least a few times when you can stay down route and have a few days to have a look around as well. Is that right? Yeah. Excellent. Great. So hopefully, if, you, if and when it moved to long haul, you'll get um, even longer trips uh, down route and explore a bit further afield. So it all sounds very exciting. Yeah, hopefully. So, as I say, Hannah is one of our expert reviewers. She's obviously got a lot of experience on the Airbus. She'll be 
joining in and doing some of the reviews in future. So uh, great to have Hannah on board. Let's move on to our discussion topic today. One thing we've noticed when we've been compiling our simulator venue directory is the split between the numbers of Airbus simulators and Boeing simulators. Clearly, the narrowbody simulators are the ones that dominate, but it is noticeable that for every Airbus A320 simulator, there seems to be a lot more Boeing 737 simulators. So first, if I can ask Andrew, could you let us know what it looks like in the directory in terms of numbers? Yeah, looking at the database today, Alexis, we have 267 uh, venues listed on there, of which 737 has 136. So that's half the database is uh, 737s. Only 28% are the 320s. So basically for every two uh, 737s, there's only one A320. So it's a real uh, split there. It's what we thought when we were discussing this topic, but it's a really stark contrast between the two yeah it's interesting it's so heavily weighted in favor of one or the other and that obviously as you say got us thinking about whether there were any reasons for that and what that that what those reasons might be we wondered whether it was a flight sim community perception of flying either of them and what people whether it was based on people's preferences and whether it really differed depending on whether you were a novice or an experienced simulator venue visitor uh, about what you may prefer. I personally have always kind of gone down the 737 route, and I, I think it may be because I had a perception or a prejudice that um, the Airbus would perhaps not be as enjoyable as a experience or more complicated to fly. Uh, and that certainly, I think, is probably seen in things like VATSIM as well, where there's a, certainly a heavy weighting in front in favour of the 737 over the A320. So, Elliot, I was thinking, is it? do you think it's a problem in terms of home simmers? Is there a lack of software for one or the other, or is there a reason why people may pick one over the other to fly at home? Um, we've seen on flight simulators throughout the years, the 737s featured quite heavily, especially with Microsoft Flight Simulator, um, P3D and also X-Plane. And there's also the uh, the providers like PMDG. They've got some very good 737s and Boeing aircraft out there. However, with the new Microsoft Flight Simulator incorporating a new Airbus A320neo, that might suggest a shift uh, across to that and Thrustmaster providing Airbus hardware such as um, throttle quadrant and side stick. Uh, we may well see a shift that way from um, the home simmer's point of view, but uh, traditionally, up to date, it's just been Boeing uh, all the way, really. Yeah, that's an interesting point about hardware, which I'd not thought of before. I think certainly you may think that getting a kind of a, a joystick or a side stick would be more popular at home because you can obviously use it for other things like fighters and things like that in whereas a yoke would be a bit more specialized and expensive i wonder if that's possibly a reason but then that would seem to push people in favor of the airbus which isn't really what we see and pure logistics wise it's, uh, it's a lot harder to have a yoke and thrust levers and store it where it's a lot easier to have a, a joystick but yeah i'm, I'm not 100 percent convinced that that uh, would influence uh, a sim visitor or a simulation venue visitor's decision whether to have a Boeing or an Airbus. And you mentioned about Microsoft Flight Simulator, which has obviously just come out and um, is a big change. But Microsoft Flight Simulator at the moment, did, you said that that's obviously just an A320 for the moment. Is that right? 
Yeah, there's no 737 product at the moment. There's a few in the pipeline, but at the moment, if you went and bought a copy of Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, you'll be getting an Airbus A320neo. Right. So as you say, that may start pushing people in the in the direction of flying the Airbus then. Well, certainly uh, people would go and seek out uh, an Airbus simulation venue as opposed to a 737 perhaps. Yeah, so does that lead us to what simmers expect to see from venues? So, Andrew, did you say you've got some information on that? Yeah, thanks, Alexis. In terms of the business side, we had a look at some figures. Elliot and I were involved in a project a year or two ago of actually uh, 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 buying a building and, and operating a, uh, a simulator venue ourselves. So we really had a good dig into the numbers uh, by the different suppliers around the world uh, that we were going to source the simulator from. And uh, with that, we were actually going to go with a 320 simulator. Uh, when we broke down the costs uh, uh, between that so triple uh, jumbo and a 7.3, uh, actually the, the wide bodies were cheaper in, in terms of install costs. Uh, 7.3 was a little bit cheaper than the 320, but it wasn't a stark difference. It's certainly not the difference I would expect to see driven in terms of what we see in the market. I mean, our database, we think, bragging rights, is probably the world's most comprehensive database of fixed-based simulators available to the public in the world. And so it's a pretty comprehensive list. And to have that contrast not driven by the numbers we saw a year or two ago when we were doing working on that project is interesting because I, I, I would have thought bigger numbers would have driven a bigger change. So chatting with you guys earlier, we thought, well, perhaps then in terms of a business side, it might be the ongoing maintenance costs uh, or complexity of operating a simulator, which might be different. So, for example, with the 320, you really only got the, the major moving parts of any complexity as your rudder uh, pedal sets. The stick of joy uh, for the side, it's not, there's no feel, there's no force feed, there's no connection to the other. The thrust levers uh, just basically got their gates. Uh, there's no motor mechanism to having to drive that, for example, as you would on the 7.3. And the screens and things, you know, they're all they're all very similar. And the software driving all that is very similar to a 7.3 and obviously the uh, flight uh, engines and things. And so, uh, Alexis, I'd, having looked at the numbers a couple of years ago and now as a refresh, I actually would have thought that in terms of operating complexity and costs and the install costs, you would see a lot more the Airbus side being in there. So I don't see why I don't see the business side explaining or the numbers explaining why we have such a difference in the database. And did you notice any difference in terms of ease of um, getting a Boeing simulator compared to Airbus? There was no real difference in that, was there? There's actually more Boeing's. So interesting again, there's just more Boeing's being supplied. So perhaps some of the venues, although you know, a lot of our venues are UK, Europe, uh, North America, uh, the access to getting a, an Airbus simulator isn't is the same as getting a 7.3. There were just more 7.3 providers uh, available in the market. So it probably puts some downward pressure on the price, just more competition supply to that demand, but not. It's not half price. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned um, the hardware as well and the differences between the two. The amount of maintenance that really is needed for a yoke, which has a bit of feedback with bungee cords and things like that. And 
using an auto throttle with it, where you've got have to have motorized throttles in the Boeing. Those things are both very susceptible to wear and tear and breakages. Um, I imagine a lot more so than the Airbus, but yet um, it doesn't seem to put venues off at all. No, and as you and uh, Elliot have times in our blue pin reviews, where one of the things you're really looking for, as they're mostly 7.3s, is what is the feel on those yokes? Does it feel realistic? And that's very difficult to do at a, at a reasonable cost. So I don't know, the Airbus would seem a simpler model to run. Is it that one type of aircraft is possibly easier to fly or seen as easier to fly and that people want more of one over the other? Elliot, so you've flown both the 737 and A320 uh, as a commercial pilot. Do you think there's really any difference in terms of ease of flying if you have if you imagine somebody getting into a simulator for the first time uh yeah and then the, to be very fair to the 737 it's a much older design than the airbus a much older tech that it's been worked with um, right from the beginning so if i was going to be really fair of say flying the a320 compared to the 777 it's not a lot of difference if i'm completely honest but there are there are some main differences between the 73 and uh, the a320 and these are the things that would be particularly noticeable to somebody going and using a sim venue. So if we look at the 737 first, there's a, it's a lot more flying orientated and manipulation of controls required. So you're, you're trimming the aircraft. There's a pitch power couple. So uh, as you're flying around, you're learning to trim. And that's, a, that's definitely a, a concept that needs grasping by somebody that's going and using the sim for the first time. Back into the commercial airline world, there's uh, on a turnaround, you would be touching almost every single switch on the overhead panel, uh, turning a 737 round. And it very much felt very small cockpit, very old fashioned. You sort of climbed in, you sort of jumped over the seats and you, you sort of strapped the aeroplane on. Whereas you get into the Airbus, it's a nice um, big uh, flight deck. There's a lot of automated systems. Just comfort levels. The uh, seats are electric. You've got a lovely table, so no more having to eat the curry off your lap and spilling it whenever the yoke moves, you know, when somebody turns the heading bug. Um, and the side sticks are a very nice, comfortable, comfortable way to fly. I suppose your answer really is that my perception, who's somebody who hasn't really flown the Airbus a lot and has always kind of gravitated towards the Boeing, is that actually the Airbus is just as easy to fly as the Boeing and it may be more complicated in certain ways and easier in other ways but there's no reason for me to have this perception of not wanting to fly an Airbus as much as the Boeing is that do you know I'd completely agree so I would say if somebody was there to they've had a trial lesson perhaps in a Cessna 152 and they wanted to go and try their hands at a big jet 737 would be great somebody who's never flown an aircraft before they'd be happy jumping in either an a320 um or 737 no problem at all there's a you know not a lot of difference when it comes to a simulator session great so that nicely leads us leads me on to my next question so hannah i think this last week or so you've been with your dad to an airbus simulator in fact one of the ones we've reviewed before simulator adventures in salford and obviously your dad, I presume, didn't have much, if any, experience in simulators before? Nothing nothing at all, not, nothing in real aircraft either. So it was his first time flying a jet. I mean, he'll probably 
say that he landed the 7-4 sim um, about seven years ago, but that was sideways uh, from memory. So he's never landed an aircraft before. How did he find it then? So as somebody who hasn't got much experience, what kind of things did he get up to? Did he find it really intuitive to fly? Did he enjoy his experience? I suppose what I'm trying to see is as somebody who hasn't got any experience, you know, was he put off by not having this kind of yoke in front of him in the traditional view, or was he really enjoying having a side stick and the Airbus way of flying? I mean, to be honest, he came away from it and said that it was the best thing ever. So he clearly had a good time and enjoyed flying the Airbus. Did he find it easy to fly? At times, I'm not sure where he was looking when I was telling him to like go towards a runway, so I'm not sure. And he might be the potentially the first, well, he won't be the first person ever to have done pretty much the whole takeoff roll on the grass and rotate just before we got to T5 at Heathrow. But eventually, after a bit of coaching, we did get a few circuits done and I basically said we weren't allowed any autopilot and autothrust, so try and fly it like a real aeroplane. Um, and he, he did get there. We we were, do, we were doing all right by the end. Did he have any expectations in terms of seeing Yoka or Science Stick or that seemed to be entirely natural to him is that right he's he's seen obviously pictures from me at work and he's seen he has seen me at work as well so he he knew the flight deck of the airbus and what to expect so he was definitely expecting the side stick he'd probably be worse off if you said to him you're going into a 737 sim he really wouldn't have a clue what to expect from that whereas because i fly the airbus he did know that there's no reason, I think, from from what you've seen, that somebody somebody wants a really good simulator experience. There's no reason specifically to pick the 737 over the Airbus unless there is some reason that you desperately want to fly the Boeing. Then you can have as much fun, you can enjoy your day, you can enjoy your experience as much on the Airbus as you as you can on the Boeing. And I think that's that's what your experience and your dad's experience shows. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And obviously, I specifically sought an Airbus sim because. I fly it, so I thought it'd be quite cool with him in the left-hand seat and me in the right-hand seat. It would have been more difficult, definitely, if I'd have found a 7-3 sim and put us both in, in the deep end, trying to work out what was going on. So, are we likely to see more demand for Airbus in the future? Certainly up till now, as Andrew said right at the start of the discussion, the, the numbers are heavily favoured in terms of the Boeings. But are there more venues now with Airbuses? Is that growing? I mean, certainly... Five years ago in the UK, I would have struggled to probably name one Airbus simulator venue, and now I can probably name at least two or three, a couple of which we've actually been to, and more that we know that are coming on in the next few years or so. So um, I suppose open to to anybody. Do do you think we'll see more demand for the Airbus in the future? Uh, Yes. So from what's in the current market, just picking up what you've said there, Alexis, uh, I know when we were looking at this a couple of years ago, we were going to bring a 320 to the market just because there were so few in the UK available. And picking up on what Hannah and Elliot were talking about, we felt, particularly for the sort of the novice to assimilate, they actually yeah, the, the basics to fly it, we thought were a simpler proposition for most people. So from those two things, um, I, I think you may well see, we and we do see more coming online. And as you see the composition of short-haul fleets, particularly in Europe, changing 
uh, Boeing's had its issues in terms of uh, what's been going on with the MAX and so forth. Airbus has been able to perhaps grow its dominance in that, not only in Europe, around the world. So maybe with those things all coming together, you may well see more of those coming online and available to the public. It'd be really interesting, say, in 12 months' time, if we, in terms of the website, just to see if we start to see a change in that mix. It'd be really uh, something interesting to come back and look at. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting comments andrew um any thoughts hannah yes yeah, so having spoken to the uh, guys at the weekend about their 320 sim they were saying that at the moment their bookings are filling up with uh, actual commercial pilots using the sim for a practice before their full check at work so obviously as andrew said we're going more towards 320 in europe uh, 320 fleets as more and more people try and use the facilities to do that then you'd expect potentially more 320 sims to pop up. Yeah, that's a good point. I think what's often often overlooked is um, that part of the market. Um, certainly with the balance of aircraft moving more towards A320s in real life, there should be more of that demand, as you say, Hannah. Right. So certainly there is no reason why, if you want to find an Airbus simulator, you can't do. We've certainly reviewed some of the Airbus simulators in the UK and elsewhere, and uh, we found there's certainly really good quality options if you want to find one. So no excuse not to try one out if you want to. Thanks all for your comments. Really good discussion there about Boeing versus Airbus with the simulator venues we see on our directory. Uh, thanks to Andrew and Elliot, as always, and a special thanks to Hannah for joining us and giving us her time to share her experience with us. So thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you. As one of our expert reviewers, Hannah will also be contributing with some of our Blue Pin feature reviews in the future, so she'll be back on the podcast when we look at those. An interesting chat about Boeing versus Airbus with our simulator venues and how and why there are more of one than the other. What do you think? Have you tried both types of simulators? And if so, what did you think of them? Do you have a preference between the two? And were there things you liked and disliked on both of them? If there were more Airbus simulator venues, would you try them out? We'd love to hear your thoughts, so do let us know. In episode 12, it's time again to have another look at one of the Blue Pin feature review simulator venues in our database. And to remind you, these are the ones we have visited in person and done a thorough review on. This time, we'll be looking at Ascent Aviation and their 737 fixed base simulator near Glasgow in the UK. We'll be having a chat about the venue and our review and letting you know what we thought. So I hope you'll join us again for that in two weeks' time. In the meantime, subscribe to our podcast using any of the main podcast services. We're available on Apple, Google, Spotify and quite a few others. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a star rating and review. For now, though, It's goodbye from me, and goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. And goodbye from Elliot. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Simulator Review Podcast. We would love your feedback, so please do comment and rate us. Please follow, share, like, and subscribe on all our social media channels, where you can see regular updates on new simulator listings and reviews, as well as our latest articles. Until next time, happy simming. (laughs) 